How about it, Jerry? <laughs> What's Rosebud? That's what he said when he died. Did you ever find out what it means? No, I didn't. What did you find out about him, Jerry? Not much, really. What is up, everybody? And welcome to season three of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends review movies that you absolutely should have already seen, but one of us has never seen. And this is season three. We are more <laughs> rotten than even last season. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, are we the? Is it? Is the same potatoes from season one? They're just more. Rotten. They've just been yeah. sitting in our in the sun cellar. <laughs> yeah. I like to think of us as the potatoes. We have. And a, we just get more rotten. Yeah. We have a potato oh. cellar that we sleep in. <laughs> yeah. And we I didn't realize rotten. that we were rotten. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to act very rotten this season. Oh, oh, rotten Jake. So we're yeah. getting some season three, Jake. Yeah, I guess I got to really workshop how that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach, I've been asking, begging, and and I think the people agree that we've been wanting Simp Zach for season three. Are we going to get to see that? You said the people have been wanting. Oh, that? yeah. All yeah. little yeah. tiny tater talk. Every <laughs> time I go over to my parents house, my mom is like, where's Simp Zach? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I got to figure out how to deliver on that. Okay. I don't know. Shave how a heart into your head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it did drake also do this drake did do that yeah, yeah jake uh, let us know beforehand that if i want to emulate simp that i just need to act like drake yeah i mean that tracks i, I feel like uh, i could get behind it who was he a simp for everyone, everyone. Oh, okay millie, millie bobby brown yeah, i was gonna say millie bobby brown millie bobby but brown. only when she was 14 uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand that reference but well. he uh it's the stranger things girl yeah i know who that is but yeah i he, I think he I think he just followed her on Instagram and like DM'd her but like I think in a platonic way and I think the internet just took it and ran unless I'm missing some context maybe I think there he was did some, weirder stuff in there was there's some weirder stuff yeah I don't know if we have to get was, into Drake drama was, <laughs> was there was there some stranger things that happened probably <laughs> <laughs> and I and I have to be this persona now yes I have yeah. no why don't you uh, other let's start with pull out your phone and start DMing Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> She's overage now. So I was going to say, is she overage at this point? At least? So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Tyler. I guess we didn't do that yet. But. Yeah, I'm Scott. Welcome to the pod. If this is your first time joining. I'm Jake. Welcome. If it isn't your first time. Joining. <laughs> if it isn't your first time, then just go back to season two. I only want new people in season three. Why not season one? Season one was a bad year. <laughs> season two. I thought season one was good. Season one was a building year for us. Season two was much better. But, you know, all the lore I, that gets established in season true. one. It's true. Well, is there a lore that needs to be known? Or I don't know. Go listen to us talk about it. I mean, Lord of the Dance was season two. And that that's all I care two. about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, coronavirus was, was back in season one. We were plagued by that. Yeah. Coronavirus is still happening it's yeah. been around for all three seasons <laughs> but we don't care as much about it We're, that's true this podcast is actually only going to exist as long as coronavirus is around so oh really if it, Once, if it, if it gets eradicated <laughs> we have to quit the pod man i forgot that, i forgot that we established that yeah, yeah that was one in, of the rules it was a rule yeah start pumping out some new variants here guys <laughs> <laughs> every time they they announce a new one we're just like yes another season <laughs> it's like getting signed for a new season like <laughs> yeah uh, also, I feel compelled to say we are uh, we are looking for a new HR. That's employee. true. That's true. Our uh, our HR guy Dan 
uh, passed up, on up and <laughs> <laughs> no, but isn't he immortal? I he, he's immortal. The Lord. He's only immortal as long as he lives in, in California. California. He just he just up and abandoned us. He's Wait. like uh, Nicholas Flamel just decided <laughs> it's time for me to pass yeah. on. He didn't die. <laughs> no. Who did we bury? <laughs> That was his dog, Olive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they look the same. <laughs> Both we'll post a pic of Olive on the Instagram. Go check that out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no. So uh, I hope we just post a pic of Dan and say this is Olive. <laughs> so you can uh, submit your uh, you can submit your your application uh, to be our new HR guy at not Dan at not Dan dot not not Dan. Gosh, there, yeah. There'll be some Insta Instagram information on that as well. Yeah. So keep lookout. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, uh, we are, you might actually not have, uh, known from the audio clip, what movie we're doing. Uh, but you know, it, you, you hit play. So I assume, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about citizen Kane today. Yeah. Talking about citizen Kane, the uh, classic, the greatest movie ever made. Some, some would think that some have said, we'll see if we agree with that. Yeah. So Zach, you you nominated Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I mean, it's Citizen Kane. You know, like we we were gonna have to do it eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's. I feel like it's one of three movies I hear people say is the best movie of all time, and I feel like I hear that about this Vertigo and The Godfather One. You know, over Godfather Two. I feel like it. I feel oh. like I hear more people say Godfather One than Godfather Two. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it it needed to be done, and I thought it'd be uh, a good movie to kick season three off with. Citizen Kane is the oldest movie, apparently, that we ever have done. It's also the first movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did. We tried to reach out to Dan to see what he thought of it back when it was released. Uh huh. But he has since passed. So <laughs> that would have been <laughs> would have been some cool like. Uh, historical context that we could have got from dan but unfortunately yeah it's it's always crazy when like someone who lived in a different era finally leaves yeah (laughs) yeah he was the last person living who had seen this movie in theaters i think (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) sorry dan (laughs) i'm not (laughs) r.i.p all right well scott do you want to hit us with a little bit of just the facts about this yeah so this was directed by orson wells and it was uh, written by Herman J. Mankiewicz. Mankiewicz? I think Mankiewicz. Mankiewicz. Yeah. Uh, as well as Orson Welles. Let's just call him Mank. Yeah. Mank. Yeah. Manky. Didn't you guys say there was like a show about that person? There's a movie. Oh, a movie about him. Yeah. Um, it was released September 5th, 1941. Has a runtime of 119 minutes. Uh, the other guys gave this a 99%. IMDb gave it an 83 uh, it got 1.6 million in the box office with a budget of 0.84 million. Uh, it won best original screenplay and then lost eight other nominations for best picture, best lead actor, best director, best cinematography, best art direction, best sound recording, best film editing, and best music. Hmm. This only has an 8.3 on IMDb. Yeah. I don't know why. And maybe it's just because of like what you were saying earlier, Zach, about how so many people think it's the greatest movie ever. I thought it would have been higher. Yeah, it's interesting for comparison. Our last episode, uh, Schindler's List, uh, IMDb has it at an 8.9. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right, though, Zach. Like most people, most like really like film critics put Citizen Kane as the number one film of all time. 
was who who hadn't hadn't seen this? I had not. I had not. I had seen it. Okay, I hadn't seen it either. So I guess you're the only one. You hadn't seen it, Tyler. I had never seen it. Um, to get back to IMDb, it's rated uh the 96th best movie of all time according okay. to IMDb. Wow. Yeah. And for contrast, AFI says this is the best. Yeah. This is number one on AFI's top 100. That's pretty nuts. It yeah. is kind of nuts. I mean, I think IMDb is a lot more user based, you know? Yeah. I think IMDb <clears throat> suffers from some recency bias. I feel like where, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, like the, I the think dark Knight is like what? 60 places above citizen. <laughs> right. I, I think Spider-Man no way home is like 14 now. Probably, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed yeah. both those movies more than this. <laughs> that's fair. Sure. Yeah, but like fair. 80 years from now, no, I don't think people are going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home that much as much as we're talking. People talk about Citizen Kane right now. You don't well, know. who knows? It's funny, though, that you pointed out. I think you're right. I do think that IMDb suffers from age bias, but I also think that AFI, who I I, I love the Film Institute. I, I mostly agree with them. They also suffer from a little bit of age bias because they haven't updated their list in like 20 years oh okay so nothing from the 2000s really is in that yeah huh That's so funny. it's uh it's a little bit like they're both a little bit biased uh the film institute i, I mean the film institute might not be biased they just might be lazy but you know <laughs> they probably they're probably old and just forgot how to log in <laughs> they've been asking their grandson for the password yeah. for <laughs> yeah What's the password to the internet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Grandpa. Leave me alone. Playing Fortnite. Hung I don't up know. On him. Who who said that? Uh, will will people be talking about Spider Man No Way Home? And was that you? Jay yeah. I feel like it, they're both kind of innovative in their own unique way. You know? Yeah, I guess. And I don't know what's going to happen in eighty years. Obviously. Yeah. But like, there's just like, what are there like? 30 something Marvel movies now that have come out. So like people will talk about probably like, Oh my gosh, crazy time where they released all these movies that were related. But I mean, maybe they'll pick out Spider-Man because of that. You don't think MCU is going to still be going in 80 years. That's true. It could be. I, I don't know. I, I, I would be shocked if it was. We'll see. Yeah. I think I'd be shocked if it was too, but like, I think Spider-Man, I, I could see how Spider-Man would get picked out from the rest of the MCU because they brought in, the other actors you know like now anyone is fair game you know what i mean yeah like yeah. I, like i've seen people online like speculate like oh i wonder if they'll bring in like ian mckellen magneto into the doctor strange multiverse you know like now we can just bring in anyone from any superhero movie back you know well anything that's a marvel well, yeah, but that's what I mean, you know. Yeah. I wonder but, if I mean, they're going to bring Chris doing Nolan's it Batman. too. Like DC's bringing in the old Michael Keaton yeah. Batman. I mean, you I know? could I could honestly see down the road once they're both kind of bored, them doing a crossover too. Yeah, like yeah. Marvel versus DC. That'd yeah. be I'd, that'd be kind of cool, <laughs> in my opinion. But. Well, uh, let's start off with Zach. You'd seen this before, uh, yeah. Uh, was it because of the like one film class you took once upon a time? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, so did you watch it in class or was it like an assignment to watch? It was an assignment. Yeah. Okay. I watched it by myself. Um, but I liked it back when I watched it uh, back then. I, 
I didn't do like I wasn't honestly a great film student because I would watch the movie and then have a way more important homework like nursing school homework to do. So I'd be like, all right, I watched it. Now I have to go write this other essay or learn how to start an IV or something like that. Yeah. And so I wouldn't really like research. Little did you know how important it was going to be. I know. How to study film. You're right. I wish I, I could have uh, learned so much more skill in in analyzing film and brought it to the podcast. And you that's were, the priority. Yeah. It could, have really, it could have really helped me simp for, you know, like, <laughs> um, geez, missed opportunity. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't really like look into what made Citizen Kane, quote unquote, the best movie of all time. And so this time I, I watched it a little bit more analytically and uh, tried to watch some YouTube videos that kind of described like how innovative this movie really was. Um, and so not that I'm any better at analyzing film than I was back then, um, but I'm trying harder to. Um, and I, I still really enjoyed this movie this time around. I do think it's actually a really great movie. Uh, I think that if I had to pick like earlier on, I said the three movies I hear people say are the best. I think Godfather is still my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, I think I still enjoy watching that movie more than this, but I think that this movie might be a better movie than the Godfather. It feels a little bit more intentional. It feels like there's less wasted time. Cause um, there's no hour long Italy scene. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like a, uh, a sub movie. Well, <laughs> exactly. that can be lifted out. Well, I have to say it's super funny. Like I, I kind of smirked when you said it feels like there's no wasted time because Orson Welles wasted a ton of time <laughs> making the movie. Uh, I had read that uh, that uh, this movie used more film. They shot more film on this than any other movie. And one scene in particular, uh, when he's like asleep at the uh, typewriter and he like has the idea to like start a newspaper, uh, they had shot literally all day and it was something like it was something like 300 meters of film that they shot and over a hundred takes and Wells didn't use any of them. <laughs> and then on the second day of shooting uh, decided that the second take on the second day he was like, that's it. <laughs> that's <Wow>. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasted a lot of time. He wasted. Yeah. His and the crew's personal time, <laughs> but he didn't waste the audience's time. That's true. In my I, opinion, I have, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I don't think there's a ton of wasted time, but I, when we started this, the beginning of the movie, I was, worried because of like <laughs> the way I was like, is this going to be the whole movie going to be like this? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that was, I, it didn't, it wasn't that long, but I was concerned. And then, then it settled down. I was like, okay, I do want to just say I'm, I'm worried right now that we are going to trash this movie and just lose any sense of credibility we have as a movie podcast. That would be an ideal situation forward. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake's yeah. been wanting to like, tr to tank our credibility for, <laughs> but a I, long time. at the same time, like if there's like things to pick, like you can pick them. Like that's what makes us more credible in my book is like, we're not willing to like, just say something's great because it's old and classic. Yeah, that but you got to remember, renowned. I'm apparently simp Zach, so oh. I got to. Yeah, we're not these, we're like, not simping the. Yeah, can can simp Zach just simp on Orson Welles the whole season? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's worse people to simp on. Season kinda, three, we'll compare everything to <laughs> Citizen Kane, and Zach always is going to say Citizen Kane is better for for CK. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, I this was my first time watching this movie. I had always wanted to watch it because of its importance. Um, 
but I've talked about this uh, on the podcast before when we've done uh, some of our movies in the fifties, the two Hitchcock movies that we did. Um, and even, uh, even in the sixties with uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, um, I struggle personally with older films, even though I grew up on them a little bit more than people our age. Um, I had grandparents that when I would go over, they were playing these kinds of movies. They were watching these. Uh, and so I just procrastinated for years watching this. And I agreed. I agree with you, Jake, like the first 15 minutes or so, I think I felt like Scott did in the first 15 minutes of there will be blood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just sitting in quiet. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, like, is it, is the whole movie like this? Except it's completely different. It is. Like, it's like an, uh, an information dump. Yeah, it is. 10 minutes. I was just like lost. Yeah. Yeah. Like the longer it went on, the more I was worried that the whole movie was going to be paced like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. No, totally. totally. (laughs) Uh, but I, I ended up really, uh, enjoying this movie. I don't, I, I also struggle with age bias. And so I don't know if I agree that this is one of the best movies ever made, but I, as I was watching, I was trying to put myself more in like 1950s lens and I was thoroughly impressed with, uh, how well some of the shots that they had held up, um, you know, and I don't know if this movie was remastered. I assume that it probably was, but like, I mean the, the, the visual quality of it was striking at a lot of times. Um, I'm not sure if this was my favorite story ever though. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that, I, I think that a movie, like we talk about all the different ways that you measure a movie. Uh, and I do think that the story is a pretty important part of that it might be the most important thing mm-hmm. like you're gonna have a really beautiful movie or a really creative movie a really cutting edge movie and a terrible story and you have requiem for a dream yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. yeah. um yeah i'm also i mean I'm a, I'm a late bloomer and i really agree with tyler on that one i think um i can see how in uh <laughs> In 19, Zach just broke the desk. So <laughs> it's all good. I could see how in uh, 1941, like this was super innovative, and how it like the tactics it used and the strategy it used to like get where it was trying to go. I thought was was great, but I agree that like I was at the end of the movie, I was just kind of like, okay, but who cares? Yeah, like I don't care what Rosebud meant to this guy because I don't care about this guy. Mm. Yeah, like give me some kind of something to like latch onto or like want to be in this investigate. I didn't care about the investigation. Right. Like, why does this person care? Why is he trying to do this? Did it actually mean anything? Like it all, it all seemed like for nothing to me, but Mm. that being aside, I think there were some really great shots. I, I think it was probably innovative in the way it was going back and forward in time and doing different things like that. But, um, the story for me was a little lackluster. Yeah, I was also late bloomer. And I, I think after the first 10, 15 minutes or so, whatever that was, I after it settled down, I enjoyed it. Maybe maybe a little more than you guys did because I don't think I have as hard a time with old movies. But I do agree. Like I feel like one of the things that I like about old movies is I feel like there are a lot of 
like very good stories that hold up. And this was a fine story, but like I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm glad I've seen it because it's Citizen Kane. Uh, I probably won't watch it again, but I think for the most part, I agree with most of what's been said so far, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like by comparison, this like, uh, I think they were 10 years apart, but by comparison, I think Vertigo was all around a better movie than Citizen Kane. I would agree. Vertigo was 58. So it's 17 years. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a long time and I've got to give like some credit for that. Yeah. And it, it was kind of funny. I, uh, it was not funny, just very interesting. It, I had watched a documentary uh, earlier in the week from watching Citizen Kane. And there was a really cool shot that they had of a, the filament of a light bulb, uh, you know, that was like a recurring thing. And then I saw it in Citizen Kane. I was like, oh my gosh, they the director of photography was literally just paying an homage to citizen Kane. Like he, it was the exact same shot. Uh And it like it at first when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute. Like it, it tricked out my memory. Like what, what's happening. I had to go back to that documentary and like verify that (laughs) Uh I had seen that earlier in the week, like weird deja vu moment. Um, so to be like, absolutely like give it the credit that it's due. I think citizen Kane set up, so many other movies totally. and so many other filmmakers mm-hmm. with like a, a great inspiration and reference point for a lot of future things. Totally. Yeah. I think it's super innovative and I think it held up great. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't as bored as I was in some of the like older, like, um, some of your Westerns that we've done. <laughs> I, Scott was like really trying hard to not look at me. And then he was like losing what he was saying. And then uh-huh. he looked at me and then he had all the words yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll give you this. I thought vertigo was great. Like I really loved vertigo, but um, like the good, the bad and the ugly, for example, and I'm not going to just sit here and trash it, but like this kept my attention way better than the yeah. good, the bad and the ugly. What also wasn't like three hours and 15 minutes. No, and it also had a plot. Even the though good, I didn't bad, like it, a plot. <laughs> <laughs> it had doubled the dialogue in half the amount of time. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. There's less dialogue, but there is. Scott just doesn't know what the word plot means. <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, because there was a plot. Oh no, you're right. That one has a plot. I was thinking of Spirited uh, Away. Spirited also Away. has a plot. <laughs> no, Spirit Away is yeah. It's just pig parents. That's the plot. <laughs> pig parents. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've already yelled at you on record on, about Spirit Away having a plot, so I'm good. Yeah. That's funny. I feel like I, I actually may end up simping for this movie because I, I liked it. Uh, like I thought it was all around a better movie than Vertigo. I liked it a lot more than Vertigo, and I actually really liked the story. Um, what what was the why for you? Yeah, give, give I'd me love the, to like, like, hear, like like why did I enjoy the story? Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed. So like we've already kind of talked about how innovative this movie. We haven't gotten into the specifics of how yeah, as yeah. much. Um, but on a technical level, this was very innovative. I actually thought that the uh the narrative was done in a very creative way as well. I thought um uh what's his name charles foster kane i thought kane was an interesting character and what i liked about him is he felt like a mystery this entire movie mm-hmm. um and it feels like we are on the same page as like the journalists or like one of the citizens maybe who was like who is 
Kane, you know, mm. is he, we have people saying he's a fascist. We have people saying he's, he's a, a communist. communist. Right. So he's really kind of this enigma that no one really feels like they know. And they feel like if we can just unlock what Rosebud is, we'll understand. And so as we are, I, I thought it was a really creative way to tell the story of a journalist going back and hearing different narratives from people who knew him and who were shaped by their own uh, subjective perspective of him so it kind of felt like we're still only getting little bits of the puzzle mm. and these may not even be reliable sources and so he still kind of remains this mystery and so i i just thought that that was a really interesting way the entire it, it kept me really intrigued and interested in who is kane now i do think i agree with you scott um i don't feel like we get a ton of closure at mm. the end of the movie and i think that i i think that that could have been done a little bit better because when we kind of find out Rosebud is literally just his sled and they don't really even like lean in very much into that. I feel like it's still kind of an ambiguous meaning. Like why did he, what, what was so significant about his sled? Was it this loss of innocence, which I guess some people might enjoy that it, it is a little bit still left up for interpretation. I feel like that could have maybe, uh, been developed a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the process of trying to figure out who is Kane, what is Rosebud, like what made him this mysterious enigma to so many people. Um, and I liked hearing the different perspectives from, uh, I'm forgetting everyone's names, like Jedediah, his manager, his ex-wife. Um, it reminded me, I think one reason I really like this movie is it felt, or it reminded me a lot of The Social Network. Mm. Um, I was reminded of Zuckerberg in his relationship with uh, Andrew Garfield's character. Andrew yeah. Garfield kind of felt like Jedediah. And I think that there was a lot of ways that this reminded me kind of of David Fincher in some of the ways that he would shoot specific scenes. And even you were saying that uh, Wells would shoot a ton of footage and barely use any of them. And Fincher is kind of known for doing the same thing, just reshooting scene after scene after scene until he finally gets the right one. And it could take them forever to get it. Um, and this story really reminded me of uh, Social Network, where it's like this person's kind of put up on a pedestal, um, mm -hmm. and you kind of see their fall from grace. Um, and I, I thought the acting was really good. I thought on a technical level, it was really good. Um, I think reading about the ways that it was really innovative was really interesting and made me respect the movie even more. Um, I agree with you, Tyler. I thought the, it was very visually striking. I read that they developed the deep focus, you know, where like the background in the foreground are in, are in, um, are in focus. Are both in focus. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and like other ways we were reading about when he's given his campaign speech, um, there's this huge crowd that's like all around him. And it looks like there's so much movement in this crowd listening to his speech. And it was literally just like this still image that they poked holes in and moved this, this light behind it. Like just different ways they got really creative to, to create this movie. Um, I thought it was really fun to like learn about and see it happen in front of me. Um, and I was just very interested and bought into the plot. You know, it's funny. I, I think you have successfully talked me up a little bit Yeah. Uh, on, on what I would rate this. Um, but I still struggle with, and I'm, 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 I don't know if I can put my finger on why exactly. Um, the movie that you're describing I'm very 
interested, interested in, in. Yeah. the movie that I watched, I didn't. And, and it could have just been like a bad, a bad watch. You know what I mean? Like something in my day that made me just not latch on. I just don't think I ever latched on to, and it could have been honestly Wells performance. Like it mm. could have been as simple as that. Um, that maybe I just, I didn't latch on to him. And so therefore I didn't latch on to any of the investigation because I agree with you, Scott. Like that was my big thing is it's like the investigation was interesting and getting all of the different pieces I think was interesting. I just didn't feel the stakes. I didn't feel the emotional stakes Mm -hmm. of this. Yeah. Like for the reporter, like, yeah, he was, you know, an important uh, person that died, you know? And, but I, I didn't feel any like, personal interest for him yeah and so maybe it was the reporter's performance that i just wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. because i do feel like there were some people that gave really great performances albeit annoying the ex-wife i think she yeah did a i thought she really phenomenal Mm -hmm. job acting yeah and you know she just had commitment right she uh she got chemicals sprayed she was one who got chemicals sprayed down her throat so she could sound more raspy (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's yeah. commitment to the craft. Yeah, you know, like, that's it, th- but that wasn't by choice, right? Didn't Orson just kind of force her to? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that she could have. I'm sure she could have said no. No, I don't I think don't so. Think so. <laughs> he sounded in the pretty, 40s, man. He sounded pretty toxic <laughs> and a little abusive to his crew. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was pushing his crew uh, to work like you know like 24 hour shifts and and work till three or four in the morning but he's a genius though. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to say he a was a mad genius. No, he is perfect. <laughs> um, I'm one of the get things his name carved into my haircut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do one it. of the things you had brought up was um, the interpretation of the uh, sled Rosebud. at the end and yeah. the rosebud and how you took that. What is a different interpretation than loss of innocence slash like reminiscent of his life before he got forced into it? Like you said, there was like different interpretations. Yeah, it's actually it's one of the most like. Uh, it that it's one of the things that has made citizen Kane so famous over time is that people have like a lot of different opinions about what Rosebud was, uh, because the movie doesn't, it doesn't actually clear it up for us. Like it gives us something to latch onto, but there's enough ambiguity. Uh, and so one of them, this is a little bit like, uh, I'll have to be careful about how I say this on the podcast. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so, uh, the, the character was not based on William Randolph Hearst, according to Orson Welles. Mm -hmm. However, William Randolph Hearst was very offended by this movie because he thought it was definitely made about him. And Wells said, uh, like in an interview, he was like, apart from being a newspaper tycoon, having a huge castle and a ridiculous art collection, there's no connection between them. <laughs> it's like, except for these three really specific, <laughs> really <things>. specific. <laughs> yeah. It, so it's a little bit like, okay, Orson Welles, yeah. you know, like I think he's just covering his butt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently Mankiewicz who wrote the movie uh, had learned, had known that Ro- Rosebud was the nickname that, William Randolph Hearst had given his mistress. Mm. Uh, and so he included that in the screenplay, but maybe Orson Welles never 
even knew, knew that. that. That's really interesting. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a popular, uh, theory. Uh, another popular theory is that Rosebud is like none of the above. And it was just sort of like a, like a, yes, Tourette's like a, well, like a death, you know, he was just thinking, man, that was a cool sled I had when I was a kid. And I read, <laughs> I read somewhere that, uh, or maybe this was just in the movie that no, it wasn't in the movie that Rosebud was the snow globe <laughs> like mm-hmm. that he was holding and dropped and that he had, you know, named the snow globe Rosebud or something like that. I do think that it is funny that on his deathbed, he was thinking about the sled and I thought, what would the equivalent for that for me be? And I feel like it would just be me dying and saying like Fisher price. (laughs) (laughs) Microsoft. (laughs) Microsoft. (laughs) Fisher price. Yeah, I think that would be it leapfrog so that's uh <laughs> Sega. look out for my deathbed when i say that <laughs> dropping soon yeah <laughs> what would uh dan have said uh what, he what probably would have said hoop stick, probably is that the brand no that's just that they didn't have brands <laughs> before brands, brands yeah. existed yeah. yeah oh my gosh that's funny uh, Jake, you've, you've been, uh, we've, we've kind of dominated the conversation a little bit from you. No. Yeah. I was thinking, cause Zach said something and, and this is just me. Like I, you have to really beat me over the head with an unreliable narrator before I'll even think about it. Like you really, have to, <laughs> you really have to hit me with it hard and then I'll be like, Oh, maybe I can't trust what these people are saying. So I didn't think uh, about that. And now I'm thinking about the movie again in like, cause like, at the at the end of the movie, I was like, I don't even know how I was supposed to feel about him, but that was probably the whole point, you know. I just didn't get there, yeah, at the yeah. time because I was because you were we're hearing it from like people who liked him, people who didn't like, and it just like all over the place. And I didn't think that any of them might not be telling the truth, hmm. and that's just a, a flaw for me. Like uh, I never never think that, and then at the end, I'm a little bit mad when I'm like, oh, wait, that they were lying. Why can hmm. why can you do that to me? <laughs> the only amount of information I have about this is from you. Well, and it's not even necessarily lying. It's just their perspective. Yeah. 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 But they were all from people who were like pretty, uh, like bitter about this. Disenfranchised. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this man had alienated essentially everyone from his life. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why he loved opera so much and why he wanted her to do opera. He, he didn't, I don't think he loved opera so much just because like, uh, they said that she wasn't a good singer. Yeah. And he couldn't have, like he couldn't have himself be with somebody who is quotes singer. Yeah. It just has to be singer. Yeah. You know, like, it was like, a, she was being mocked and she's, but in he's the one who bought the opera house and forced her to do opera. Why didn't he let her do something else? But that wasn't that, didn't he buy the opera house after that? Yes. Yeah. And didn't she say that like uh I thought she said something about opera at some point before and he I I kind of took it as he just kind of like took it and ran and was trying to show the world like no she is a legit opera singer like Well, look. yeah, because when they first met, he was like is this what you want to do? And she was like no, not really. He's like yeah. well, what do you want to do? And she was like I don't know. When I was young, I thought I would be a singer, but yeah. you know, my mom said that my voice wasn't that great. No, I thought she said that her mom made her do opera singing and she said, my voice isn't for opera singing. Yeah, that, that yeah something yeah. like but that. But she really yeah. wanted to be a singer, but her mom had forced her into this and now 
Kane is forcing her into this. Yeah, because she had really at that stage in her life, I didn't get the vibe that she still wanted to be a singer. She was just yeah. sort of like, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously very much like Kane's idea for everything. Yes, it, it was. I think that that was like intentional. I think I don't think she did want to do it because even then when she gets penned uh, by his paper and like not super glowingly. Yeah. Uh, by his writing. Well, yeah, not his writing, but his friend. Well, no, his friend only started the article and he finished it in his friend's voice. Mm-hmm. He wrote. Oh, that. that's right. Yeah, that's but right. I guess nobody knew that but him and a couple and, like right. Jedediah, yeah. Jedediah and like their yeah. manager or whoever. But she was like screaming, like, just like, let me stop. Like, I don't want to do this. You it's, know? it's all for him because then even when she's ready to leave, he's like, you can't do this to me and she's like what do you mean to you like what about me yeah like you force me into this you know that's the thing it's like i thought kane was like a really interesting character like i i do think that we didn't get a lot of great payoff by the end of it and maybe that was intentional because i think the journalist even like agrees with us like they're like what what'd you learn he's like not much you know like maybe that's kind of intentional is that like no like this man died with so much prestige surrounding him but no one knows him and i think that is like a it's a very believable and maybe like apropos uh uh assessment of like type any kind of tycoon yeah. any kind of genius any kind of really successful person their drive ultimately drives a wedge between them and everyone else Mm -hmm. like this, like this story you could have said this was about Steve jobs and it would have made sense. You know what I mean? Like it, like (laughs) this and the Steve jobs movie from, uh, uh, what's his name? Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Yeah. This and the and the Danny Boyle Steve Jobs movie are so parallel. I think that's why it reminds me so much of like social network too, you yeah. know? Um like the scene where Kane takes the article from Jedediah and finishes it himself and then Jedediah wakes up and kind of walks over and realizes what's going on. That reminded me so much of Zuckerberg and um Saverin. Saverin kind of having their little like showdown, you know? I loved that scene. I thought it was a really great scene. I think that's I, what I think you need to stop comparing the two because you're driving down Jake's r- rating of this movie. Every time you bring up Zuck. Yeah, oh, I don't really care. You're not. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a, it's a lot of comparison to the social network. Stack. I thought you're supposed to be simping on citizen Kane, not the social network. Yeah. Can't, can't I simp also, on both? No, this isn't like social network. Social network would be like this. Yeah. This came out first. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like to me, it reminded me of what I have already seen, but yeah. yeah, that's what I said earlier is like, I, I thought it was interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Fincher has studied this movie and kind of studied the different narrative and technical techniques that Orson Welles use. I think obviously this movie, uh, unless David Fincher made Mink, Purely as a tribute for his father, because his father wrote the screenplay. But I would think that he had some personal investment in it as well. Um, But yeah, all that to say, uh, like I'm kind of surprised. I could see how maybe the plot is more interesting of Vertigo, but I thought the characters in this movie were like vastly more interesting and compelling than any of the characters in Vertigo. See, I don't feel like he was interesting. I I thought he really was. Like I didn't care about knowing him. He just seemed like any other rich guy. Also, I mean, like the characters, mm. like I feel like the only character of any interest in this movie to me really is Kane. Like the other characters, I'm 
No, I'm, I'm more interested in the other characters than Kane, but carry on with what you're saying. That's just what I was going to say is like the other characters don't feel like, like everything about them just serves to throw some light on Kane in some way. Right. Like that. Yeah. Like, and and, and because the movie's about him. Right. So like every other character is just serving to show us to me, at least like their whole purpose is to throw light on Kane and like, like show something about him and how he interacted with them, how he treated them or what he did. So, like, to me, he's the interesting yeah, one. Yeah, but I think that they still made those characters, in my opinion, I think they still made them compelling and three-dimensional. Like, I, I really enjoyed all the scenes with Jedediah. I enjoyed his character a lot. I enjoyed the mistress, and I really felt for and empathized with his his first wife. And I thought that that was a, an interesting part of the story. I, uh, Jake, it's so funny uh, that you brought that up. I think it's solidifying for me more uh, what it was. I think it is Orson Welles performance. Cause I agree with Scott. I didn't feel any sort of attachment to, uh, Kane or any desire to know anything about him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really think it, I, I, I think I'm pinpointing that. I, mm-hmm. I think I just really thought that Orson Welles did a bad job because everything else in this movie I love, and I think is really great. And I agree with you on so many points, Zach, but I agree with Scott. I just didn't care. Yeah. It just didn't give me anything to latch onto. Like, am I supposed to feel bad that he inherited like a huge fortune? And that's just like a awful thing for him. Like a curse, the curse <laughs> yeah. of wealth. Yeah. But, like, but it's not like developed well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like give me something to like actually feel sorry for him then. And I think especially too, even though it is very apropos for celebrities today and, and successful people today and probably was maybe for, you know, uh, maybe it was legitimately about William Randolph Hearst. Um, but I even feel like in the 1940s, like how, like how believable of a plot is <laughs> is the how he came into wealth and and now we're supposed to empathize with oh yeah i didn't even understand how did know. that happen can someone explain that so me? uh uh it, somebody was staying at his parents house they had like a lodging house yeah. right and they couldn't pay so they left the deed to a gold mine that they thought was worthless and it turned out was very profitable and so that was his mother's and then his, like they put like it in trust. And then I got, I don't know, I guess that guy, the banker, I forget who that guy was. He invests the money very well. And then he gets very rich. Got it. Yeah. One of you guys said like, um, did audiences empathize with Kane? I didn't empathize with him at all. I, I really pitied him. I was really interested in his character and I really wanted to find out more about him. I thought he was a really interesting uh, mystery to to kind of be solved, but I didn't empathize. With I didn't him empathize all. with him I either. I was apathetic towards him. I don't think I. Yeah. I don't think I pitied him either because, like, I didn't like. I don't know. To me, I just felt like he was. He spent a lot of the movie dealing with messes that he made. Yeah, you know? I and, think that's but, sad. You know, I guess, but like, he he. If anybody had any chance to to be good. And like, just be like a, a well-rounded, like good person with money. It'd probably be somebody that was really poor and knows what it's like to be poor and then falls into money and can make it. But difference. he's like a kid when he comes it into was, all yeah, that I was wealth. Too young. Like, I, how I think, young? He was like, like five. Eight, was he? Oh, I thought he was older than that. I thought no. he was like eight max. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was like 10, 10 or 11. Like if anything, I feel like he, he grows up with a completely different 
experience than most people would. Well, and that's, yeah. And that's, that's part of my like lack of connection, lack of connection where it's just like, like, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit, uh, uh, deus ex machina, you know, where it's just like, all right, like, I guess I'm just supposed to take this and, you know, let it go. And, (laughs) you know, but once again, I, I'm, it sounds like we're talking really negative about the movie. I think it was great in so many other facets. A hundred percent. Like literally this is the only thing I have to pick on about it. Like, right. I think it was innovative. I thought it was shot. Great. Like I thought the dialogue was really strong too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I personally thought that like, I think I also like you, Tyler said, I can struggle with older movies and a lot of times it just sounds so dated. It's just like, I can't relate to these characters because they talk in a way that is completely foreign to me. And this movie didn't feel dated to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if if uh, if this movie were remade today, I could see it being remade exactly as it is, just recast with new people. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, it would still hold up. You know, the the only thing that's definitely very dated about the dialogue is how much they talk about newspapers. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> who has but, one of those anymore? But you know, if if, if you made a period piece yeah. today, yeah, no, yeah. I was just. I yeah, was laughing just, at it. Just mountain communities. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What about uh, for you guys? Uh, the, cause one of the things I think that can be really great or really terrible, like can be really dated about older movies is uh, like score or lack thereof. What did you guys think about the music of this movie? Yeah, it didn't really stand out to me at all when you were saying just shoot it exactly as is. I was thinking, uh, probably the music would stand out a little bit more and help evoke some of that emotion that I feel like it was missing in the story. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the music. Yeah. So that's probably not great for it. You yeah. know, cause I feel like this is the type of story that it with a great score could really change the way people feel about it. Yeah. yeah. That's a great yeah, point. I think I agree with everything years are saying. I don't remember having any feelings one way or the other about the music. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nominated for best music for, but then so, it was just booed. Uh, yeah, I wonder, like, I wonder how many awards this would have won if it wasn't for this smear campaign. Did we talk about that? We on? haven't yet. No. no. Okay. Well, Tyler, you seem to know the most about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I'd mentioned, uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst uh, took this movie very personally uh, and was very offended, and so he. Uh, like launched into a a huge smear campaign of Orson Welles uh, and leveraged his, you know, media empire that he had uh, to get people to not go see it and hate it. Uh, And so this was a dog when it was released. Uh, Like the box office was terrible on Mm -hmm. it, honestly. And at the Academy Awards, it got nominated for nine and every single time it was announced, they got booed. Yeah. So I I, like, because I, I, I don't exactly know how the Academy Awards work, but it's just, it's people in the Academy voting on the categories, right? Correct. So I wonder how many it would have won if it wouldn't, uh, um, you know, been smeared that way. Yeah. Because people were, you know, it, it was, it was one of those things where it was a little bit of a group think type thing where mm-hmm. like if enough people hate something, it's not popular to like it. Well, especially in Hollywood. Yeah. Like it Hollywood is, just, is like, yeah. we're all together like we never separate like whatever if it becomes a trend with one person then they all go that way and it's just crazy to think about like i guess i've never like in my lifetime 
remember a movie having like a smear campaign against it, but I've I've watched a good amount of the Oscars over the years. I've never heard anyone get booed for anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I just can't picture that happening. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, this was before they were televised, so <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, I I could see this I could see this doing better under those under those uh pretenses, Jake, of of it not being, you know, smeared. Yeah. Cuz like it, the the only thing that we were I mean, I guess we're picking out like the story, but it won for a screenplay. So it, despite all that, but like, who knows, probably best picture or whatever. Apparently we just don't like the score. It wouldn't won that. It's funny too. You bring up that it won best screenplay as we were doing some research on this movie. I just thought this was really funny that, uh, apparently Orson Welles wanted to buy, cause it was written by him and Mank. I mm-hmm. think Mank probably did most of the heavy lifting. According to Mank, he did all of the heavy <laughs> lifting. Yeah. Um, so Orson wanted to buy the writing credit from him. And so he actually bought it, uh, from Mank for a couple thousand dollars. And then the, um, I want to say the Writers Guild found out about it and then said like, hey, you can't do that. And so when Orson tried to get his money back, Mank had already spent it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, it's not that, I mean, 1940s, I know it's a lot more money, but like a couple grand, like he, he probably just bought a house. And <laughs> Also, I, I mean, who knows if, if yeah. he actually spent it. I don't got it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 1941. How's he going to prove him wrong? Verify. Yeah. You just draw out a fake piece of paper with a ledger on it and says minus 2000. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I spent it. It's right there it's in the right, ledger. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's a super interesting uh, like controversy too around this is that you know not only like this was apparently if I remember right this was Orson Welles first uh, film like his first it was his directorial his debut. debut yeah wow um and he you know worked the crew terribly uh you know had this infamous uh falling out with his writer because he was trying to take credit for writing this movie when he really didn't write it uh this was uh, aside from the william randolph hearst thing like orson wells like was not a good guy to work with it's it seems like all of the all of the geniuses uh, all the genius filmmakers uh aren't you yeah. know, Hitchcock seemed like he was a jerk. Uh, Kubrick, Kubrick seemed like he was not fun to work with. Like, yeah. I think you could have taken the word filmmaker out of there. Just geniuses, geniuses. aren't good to work with. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I, I didn't have any examples off the top of my head of other people, but mm-hmm. I was thinking of and it, like it just seems like like Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah, Zuck. <laughs> I mean, even Steve Jobs, like with his relationship with uh, Wozniak. Yeah, you know, like seems very like. Uh, seems very paralleled to Wells and Mankiewicz. That's why, by the way, I forgot to mention this uh, new new season resolution. That's why everything I find out about any famous person uh, that I like from now on will be against my will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it just seems like you, 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 the, the better somebody is at what they do, the worse of a person they are. Yeah. And I just don't want to know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to live in the ignorance. Yeah, I do. I really do. Just, just, you know, holding your mind that, you know, Orson Welles was a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my season three promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, do it. Was there anything else about this movie that, uh, that jumped out at you guys as like a, a super really uh, great moment or really like detractive moment for you? 
I I mean I feel like we've mentioned it so much, but man, that opening bit was just so scary to me. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't. It's funny because you guys have mentioned it now multiple times, and I don't remember it being bad. Like I don't remember even from the beginning, like thinking anything negative about it. Like what is it for that? Happened it was in the just beginning? it was just that like jump and jump and like all the stories and the guy talking a mile a minute and like just like oh like jumping everywhere. And I was like, I've, I've, I'm I'm if this is key to the movie. I'm going to be lost in this movie. <laughs> oh, cause he's like reading like a newspaper and right? he's just going fast and they're like just jumping from scene to scene. Yeah. And it was just, very fast paced. That didn't bother me at all. I <laughs> like, it felt like it just caught me up to speed. Well, it, especially for an older movie. Like I think that was maybe my thing is I'm going in with Wasn't this headspace of like, yeah. okay, this is going to be very slow. And then all of a sudden it was really fast paced uh-huh. and it was like, oh my gosh, like uh, I felt the same way. James. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I think, I think I've lost. Yeah, like of like my big like if I had a big like any any big problem with the movie it would have been that. Like the rest of my problems with the movie I feel like are fairly minor, but my god, that's Is that me. is that like a in your opinion like an objective criticism of the movie or is it just like you were worried the whole movie was going to be that way? I don't know. I guess it's not Yeah. Like like in retrospect, does it bother you still that that's how they open the movie? I don't know. I guess I'd have to watch it again knowing what I'm getting into, you know but I probably won't. Interestingly, uh, I did. As soon as the movie was over, I was like, okay. And I went back and watched the first 40 minutes again. Really? Yeah. First 40. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Just like all the way through uh, the childhood scene. Okay. Um, Because it was like, okay, like by the end of this, like it's like I I now have a little bit better bead on everything, uh, but I, I still feel like I was missing something. This that's this is a thing that happens to me fairly often. I feel like with not just movies, but books or games or whatever it is, where like I I don't feel like I really get it the first time. A lot of times, I'm like I gotta go again. <laughs> I and you know I think that I had a similar experience with this movie because I think uh, the first time I watched it was like okay, like I can see how it was a great movie at the time. I think I respect it, but I don't know if I really enjoyed it. And so I. I think I kind of had some context going into this movie. I kind of knew what I was expecting and I enjoyed it quite a bit more this time than I did the first time. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I, I just totally blanked on what I was. I was going to make a, a Scott joke about something and then forgot. Is it just about how Scott doesn't have to watch things twice because he spoils the movie for it for himself? <laughs> oh, no, no, time, no. Read about it ahead of time and then watch it. I yes. No, I remembered what I was going to say. Scott, uh, Scott and I were uh, chatting really briefly last night about this movie and uh, Scott, you had a really interesting point that this was like a 1940s art house film. Yeah. It felt very much like um, to me how like really artsy movies feel today. Yeah. Like, and it left me asking the same question I asked with those movies. It's like, what's the point of this? <laughs> <laughs> Can you give like an analog, like a, like an example? Oh, of like, I mean, uh, a modern day movie. What's the what's the one with there where they're injecting all the stuff? Oh, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> you watch that and think like, what's the point of this movie? Yeah, like why was it made? To show like the the sadness and despair that comes with addiction. I think they just wanted to waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I think uh, it I didn't think- change anything about how I thought about addiction. <laughs> maybe this has got hate like more i didn't i didn't go in thinking oh addiction is good and now i think it's bad but it, like i'm more exactly. we all kind of have, have a good idea why did it <laughs> it helps me empathize with people who have addiction i think that there's 
people, and I'm not saying it was me, but I think that there are people who who look at addicts and think, oh, that's their own fault, and kind of look at them with disdain. And I think that that movie helps like personalize those people a little bit yeah. and give us some like empathy for them, especially like the mom, you know. I just wish it didn't have to disturb me so much. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's all. Uh, what's his name? Who directed that? Oh, movie? It, it not uh, Aronofsky. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all his fault. Like yeah. he he didn't all have his, to do it that much. He didn't have to do it. All he of just his likes doing it that way. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I've got some others coming up. Are you, instead, are you doing, doing another bummer Aronofsky? Instead of bummer summer, I'm doing Aronofsky summer. <laughs> oh no! No, it's got to be Black Aronofsky. April. <laughs> Aronofsky, Aronofsky April. April. Yeah. Okay, I like that. No, I'm not doing any more. Thank, uh, no. <laughs> thank the Lord. I'm going to do Aronofsky April. I'm going <laughs> to no, go change it's all got, my picks. No, it's got, I'm already mad at you for what you're doing for Spooktober this year. <laughs> Please do it. Wait, what's my Spooktober this year? Oh, Saw? Oh, I didn't know if you were, I didn't want to bury the leaf, but yeah, I do not want to watch that movie uh, <laughs> again. What's the the other one? It's it's Aronofsky and there's an, uh, David oh, Lars von Trier. La- Lars von Trier. Yeah. It's just, I've never seen a single movie from him and I don't plan to. Yeah. They're both just very disturbing. Art yeah, house. I, I might change Jake. I might just go to a classic old pick like uh, what, what was the one you did? Halloween. I might just go oh. and do like no, an old do classic. saw. Don't I've do saw. N- I've never seen saw. And right I, never I, I want it's to. Got, you will hate it as much as I did. <laughs> Yeah, you or will more. hate it. Yeah, but Tots, it's a movie. I need the Tots to speak out on this one, and we'll put a poll out there. We'll put a poll. It's a movie you should have seen. Like, but you know what? So is iconic. It, is it more iconic than Friday the Thirteenth? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, there are still some classics out there we haven't done. But we we've already done movies like Friday the Thirteenth. That's true. Know? We haven't done like, any like just pure slasher films. That's true. Aren't, although, isn't Texas Chainsaw coming up in that too? But yeah. Oh, yeah. hold on. But that's seventies. This was like in the two thousands. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the Tots saw, think. I, don't, I then, wouldn't call Saw a slasher. I would just call it torture porn. Uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I haven't seen it, so I can't judge. <laughs> There's only one way to, to find out. It's if I make us all watch yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. I like where you're going, Zach. All right. Is what, it, what do, do you, you think th- it's similar to, to CK? To C- oh, to, <laughs> to Kane? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like really innovative, just yeah. changed the, the course of cinema forever. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Cool. All right. Well, what do you say we bring this up? I, real quick, I, I have a, an interesting question to ask you guys. Oh, Because okay. at the beginning of this episode, I said the, the three movies I feel like I hear people say are the best movies of all time are Vertigo, Citizen Kane, and Godfather 1. What yeah. about Casablanca? Well, I wanted, I wanted to ask, like, were there any others that you guys would add or that you feel like you've heard people say is like the best movie? Like, I'm curious what your perspective is. Independence Day. Yeah. Yep. Independence Day 2 Independence Resurgence. Day. Wild, that's, Wild what West. I, that's what I say. Is like, I robot. Well, where's Independence Day? <laughs> yeah. Where's it on the list? Yeah. AFI. Um, yeah. I hear Casablanca thrown around a lot. Yeah. And Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Uh, of the ones that we have seen, or you guys personally have seen what which of those movies do you think is the best um i would say vertigo is probably the best i think i enjoyed godfather more and then i would put the, i mean i think they're all like here's it's it's hard it there's so many ways you could judge it like are you based off of influence of like the future or like for just itself and like yeah are you asking the best movie the most enjoyable movie or the most important film because i feel like the most importance is the thing that affects that skews these for like film critics and film buffs so much is they talk about like citizen kane uh as being the best movie ever made 
and I don't know that it is, I think it's just but it might be the most important movie ever yeah. made. Yeah. And I think that that's an important, uh, like bias that we need to like pull out of it for a lot of people. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what I, I would say too. Like it's hard to judge something made in 1941 and something made in the two thousands plus sure. like critically, like these are better. Well, and that's why I didn't ask like, do you like this movie more than, uh, you know, no. Spider Man? Uh, yeah, Spider Man, or what's the No Country for Old Men? Like uh-huh. more so comparing it to those older movies that have gained that that status of the best movie ever made. So you're asking for like an amalgamation of all those things into a list of what's I guess, the best? Uh, I guess just like what what did you guys enjoy the most? I so think far? we can all agree, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, no, I would say uh, I <laughs> would say let's just wrap the episode up right now. I would say so far I've enjoyed Vertigo the most really even more than Godfather. Yeah, I mm. I would agree with enjoyment. That. I would like to uh, recant a bit on the things I said about Godfather because I realized I was just in a bad mood the day I watched it. I don't I don't I don't take back any of the fierceness I had about the Italy sequence. Uh I think that was all deserved. No, I think that's a fair point. Uh, but I, I think that I was too harsh on the rest of the movie, and I think I was just in a bad mood. So can, can I spoil? Can I bury the lead a little bit for Mob March? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're I've already be- watched my movie, Godfather Two. Yeah. You already watched it. Yeah, we're we're watching Godfather Two. I think I'm gonna rewatch Godfather One again, and I might try to fit in the whole trilogy. I thought about that, but then I was like. I actually picked up right away and I remembered everything. Oh yeah. So it wasn't bad for me, but do you, I'll do me. Yeah. You do you. I'll do me. The tots will do them. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's finish. It. All right, Zach, we're going I to liked you first. that. I was, I was jiving with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of CK. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? We're we're doing the movie, and it takes me a second every time you say CK. <laughs> I'm not going to keep up the whole year. <laughs> Zach, we're going to you first. All right. I'm going to give it a 10. Whoa. Wow. Really? I told you I'm simping. No, I'm joking. I'm not giving it a 10. Oh, okay. Um, All right. But I, I'm going to rate it high. I'm going to give it a 9.3. All right. 9.3 are we do are, are we making oh, a, like uh, our, an official uh, like season three like are we doing that or not doing well that? we got away from it and then people like wanted Revolted. us to do it yeah. yeah yeah let's let's do it i was getting threatening notes on my door <laughs> i'll give it 9.3 uh reporters faces that you never see <laughs> okay oh, oh um wow what <laughs> you do never really see I don't think I ever noticed that. I you never see it like full on no. and, in, and in good lighting at least. No. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna give this eight main characters that you don't care about. Am, am I going? I'm gonna give it uh eight cherished childhood sleds. <laughs> and I'm gonna give this uh an eight point one uh mistresses that are abused. Oh, <laughs> Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, this comes out to an 84% on Rotten Potatoes. Uh, this is our highest rated movie in season three so far. Nice. <laughs> it's also, it's the worst in season three. And I can't believe that we're getting away with that, with rating it lowest of the season. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This really does make me look like a simp. Can I, <laughs> can I ask you guys something? How are we working out the units? Uh, so like, like what is eight? sleds to eight characters you don't care about like are they the same 
Yeah, no, they're they're uh, okay. equal. All, all equal units weighted. of measure are yeah. equal weighted. Okay, yeah, yeah. equally weighted. Yeah, um, we're doing it on gross tons, actually. Just whatever weighs the most. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like pretty heavy. <laughs> so uh, this movie uh, is twenty twenty fourth for us overall, which I'm, is I mean, it's better than ninety six. Yeah. Get it together, IMDb. Yeah, and this was our 80th episode, 80th movie. Mm. Yeah, so outside of the bonus episodes, this is this so. is almost in the the top quarter. Yeah, not, not quite. So if uh, you listened all the way through this episode and you uh, loved it, we would love it if you would go and uh, leave a review or uh, comment or anything about us and share it with your friends. Leave an angry note on Jake's door. Yeah, if you yeah. didn't so like it, I would also like it if you commented. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, we just want to hear from and you. to that one person who left us an Apple podcast review that said Jake sucks, but everybody else is terrible or but cancel this show. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, Jake. Oh, wait. Oh, next week. Forgot to. Yeah, forgot next to say, week we're going to Utah. Yeah. So we're doing Legends of the Fall. Uh, and uh, I, I have a little bit of like uh, buyer's remorse with this one. So you'll get to hear about that. Oh, nice. Uh, next week oh, nice <laughs> joyous day joyous day jake with that do you have any uh any final thoughts before we uh get out of here fisher price <laughs>